welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. Oh, that was fantastic uh, hearing those uh, insights from various different people. It's, it's good to know that, um, you know, the fact that we, uh, we get to listen to God's word brought to us through preaching each week, um, it's, it's good to hear stories of how people are actually being... Um, challenged and uh, encouraged, so uh, awesome to hear those insights. Hey, um, we had a busy bee at Forestar yesterday, and uh, we laid uh, a lot of lawn. There was five and a half thousand square metres of lawn, uh, which is the equivalent to a full-sized uh, soccer pitch or footy oval. There's a lot of, lot of grass. And I just wanted, uh, on behalf of the Forestdale community, just to extend uh, thank you to those of you who were able to make it. I know it's a, getting to be a really busy time of year for, for people. And um, I just felt incredibly bl- blessed to know that um, my family and I used to be a part of this church to have people come and still support us. We've been going for three years now. Um, support us in ways that are really practical was fantastic. Um, we got a lot of lawn laid, but it was wonderful to uh, have conversation with, with uh, different families and um, there were a lot of uh, college families that came. So thank you for those of you who are able to uh, come and, and just bless our community in a way that was really practical. Really, really appreciated that. So uh, it's good to be here with you today. This is my uh, last chance to be with you this, this year uh, at Harrisdale and uh, looking forward to wrapping up this series. And a few, a few themes that came through were, were around this idea of endurance. And that's, that's where we're going to finish uh, our, our um, series on Hebrews. It's, it's a good place to finish because endurance is such a key part of this book. I recently went to a, a seminar and one of the speakers spoke about the importance of uh, continually encouraging, uh, encouraging other people. He, uh, he spoke about the fact that within the context of a team, in t- in the, within the context of working as a part of a team, it's really important to encourage other people who are on that team. He said, if you encourage people, double the amount of encouragement you give. And he went on to say, to quadruple it. Um, but, but the point he was making is that encouragement is actually really important for us. We all need a pat on the back uh, when, when we're traveling well. We all need somebody to come alongside and say, mate, you did a great job. Thank you for doing that for us. And uh, it, it's something that our kids need. It's something that we need. So encouragement is so important to all of us. And encouragement is actually a key part of endurance as well. The book of Hebrews gives lots and lots of encouragement because it is actually such an important part of us having the capacity and the ability to endure and to actually make it. So I hope that after today's sermon, your takeaway will be that you feel encouraged, that you will feel that in your journey of faith, you're able to endure because there's constant encouragement coming your way. And there's, there's a number of different places that we'll draw from this morning that hopefully you will find some encouragement in some of that. If you've got your Bible, we're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand 
of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. These first three verses are set within within um, the context of an athletics contest that's taking place in, in a stadium or an arena, perhaps something like the Coliseum, or if you've never been to the Coliseum, picture something like uh, Optus Stadium or the like. And it talks about the fact that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. And those witnesses are the people that Brian spoke to us about from chapter 11 last week. Those men and women who are affirmed for their great faithfulness um, throughout their life journeys, for their consistent faith, for continually being people who have walked by faith. And Brian unpacked some of the people that are on that honour roll of faith for us last week. And there's, there's stories that encourage us. There's stories that inspire us to be something more, to do something more, to achieve something more, because we're people of faith. And the writer appeals to these examples to encourage us, to inspire us to faithful discipleship, to faithfully follow Jesus here and now in the 21st century. And these stories are encouraging because they help us in our faith journey. I know that reading those sorts of stories inspire me. Moses is somebody that I just, I love reading Moses' story. I love reading of how he journeyed with God faithfully and some of the things that Moses experienced. And I find his story inspiring. I find his story encouraging. These, these heroes of faith have incredibly inspiring stories, but... As I was thinking about it, much closer to home, as I look around this room, as I look around this room, I'm inspired by many of you and your life stories. Your stories inspire me, that your stories inspire others. You are modern day heroes of faith. As I look around this room, I I sort of... Think of some of the stories, some of the life journey I've done with some of you guys over, over a long period of time and, and how you've stuck with God through, through difficulty and through challenge. How, you, how you've believed God for ridiculously big things and how, how God's come through that. Or simply some of you, you've just faithfully walked with God consistently day by day by day. That is inspiring. That inspires those in the seats next to you. Inspire us and stir us to be people of faith. You actively encourage us in the humdrum of our daily living to be people who trust God, who actually have the faith to take some chances in life, to to actually live in those places that are a little bit challenging, or simply to keep putting one foot in in front of the other because we are inspired by people of faith. So can I encourage you? We've heard some stories from people this morning. Can I encourage you to share? If something happens in your life, share it with others. And as you hear those stories, be inspired in your own faith journey to grow deeper in your trust of God. Can I also encourage you to be inspired by your own story? Often we're inspired by other people's stories, but, but not our own. Find some inspiration in your own story and allow it to to stir you to continue to be a person of faith so that when you face moments down the track, as you will, as we heard from the panel this morning, there will be moments when it will be difficult to continue to endure. You'll have something to look back on, to reflect on, 
and to use those past experiences to hold you and to guide you in that moment when you're struggling or doing life a little bit difficult. I know in my life there were some things that happened many years ago and I still hang on to those things. I've shared with some of you when Heather and I moved to to uh, Melbourne in the early 90s. We got married, moved to Melbourne. I did some theological studies and it took some time to find work. And I remember many, many occasions where we had reminders and even disconnection notices and randomly uh, money would kind of just show up in the letterbox. I recall on one occasion we couldn't afford to buy a new battery for our car. The car kept breaking down. I recall one day finding a brand new battery in a bush next to our car. So I just put it in the car and, it, and it, it got us through the rest of the time that we're in Melbourne. I recall those times when I've had lots of different uh, career changes. I recall God being with me and directing me in each, one of those, in each one of those changes, in the big decisions, in the small decisions, and actually go back to some of those things. This year's had some, some challenges. I've, I've felt some challenge this year. And I actually go back and I look to some of those experiences that I've had of God, of his faithfulness and of his goodness. And they're stories that inspire me to keep going, to keep trusting, to continue exercising faith in God. Because our previous experiences of God tell us something about who he is. It shows us something of his character. And, the, and scripture talks about how he's the same yesterday, today and forever. The God that provided for you five years or 10 years ago or six months ago is the same God that will provide for you today and tomorrow. So look back at your own story and allow it to inspire you. Allow it to encourage you to keep going, to keep pressing forward on your journey of faith. Now, coming back to this athletics contest that we're all participating in, we're all participating in this athletics contest. And the writer urges us as participants in verses one and two to do a number of different things. Now, for those of us like Dave Kilpatrick who are really competitive, it's not about winning the race. It's actually about completing the race. It's actually about finishing the race. It's not about winning the race. The first thing that we can do as a participant in this race, we read in verse one, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now, I don't want anybody to blush at this point. I don't want anybody to blush. But back in the first century AD, the runners ran in the stadium virtually naked, okay? I hope that doesn't create a mental image for anybody that's too, too confronting, but they ran virtually naked. They would enter the Colosseum. They, they would enter an arena with long, colourful robes. And then before the race, they would throw the, the robe off and they, they would run virtually naked. And the reason they would throw the robe off and run virtually naked was because running with a robe on slows you down considerably. And you get tangled up in this thing while you're trying to run the race. So you need to throw it off before you get started. And the writer is encouraging us to throw off, to discard anything that would slow us down, anything that might interfere with our ability to run well and to run this race as fast as we possibly can. Now, the writer is not encouraging us to throw off a robe as such, but those things that prevent us from running our faith journey well. And, and the writer here casts this really, really broad net of the things that might interfere with our capacity to run well, those things that might slow us down. So this metaphorical robe includes everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, everything that hinders and the sin 
that so easily entangles. The things that slow us down and prevent us from running really well might be different for each one of us. They'll be very different for each one of us. For some of us, for some of us it might be that we have a real love of wealth and we struggle with, with our love of, of wealth or an attachment to, to worldly things or a preoccupation with earthly interests, our own self-importance or lust or greed or anger and the list goes on and on. But basically anything that interferes with our ability to be a faithful follower of Jesus is something that we need to throw off. Now, if we don't jettison this stuff from our lives, if we don't jettison this stuff from our lives, the writer tells us that we run the risk of getting distracted. We run the risk of getting all tangled up. And if we get really tangled up in this stuff that we're holding on to, it can actually prevent us from, from completing the race at all. Each runner in the race needs to honestly assess, each one of us needs to honestly assess, what are the things in my life that are preventing me from running this race well? What are the things in my life that are preventing me from running as effectively as I possibly could? Now the Holy Spirit, He comes and He's really, really efficient. He's really good at putting His finger on stuff in our lives that are perhaps holding us back, at telling us, what the robe is that we need to throw off, the things in our lives that we need to discard. Our role is to respond when the Holy Spirit comes and puts his finger on some things in our lives and says, Mark, you need to deal with that robe in your life. Get rid of that stuff. My, my job is simply to respond at that point and to jettison that stuff, throw that stuff off so that I can run this race un, unencumbered, so I can run this race freely so I can run this race fast with strength, with enthusiasm and with energy. The second thing that we need to do as participants in this race is also in verse one. Let's run the race with perseverance. Let us run the race with perseverance. This idea of running with perseverance uh, lets us know that this race is not a contest of speed. It's not about who can run the fastest. It's a race of stamina. This distance requires our ongoing commitment to endurance and we heard some of that this morning. It's not an easy race. This is not an easy race. If you think following Jesus is an easy thing to do, we have seasons where it feels easy but we will all experience moments when it's just really, really tough to keep going. There are times when, when struggle is just part and parcel of the race that we're running at any given point in time. And it requires some effort. It requires some exertion on our part. I'm sure that you're all familiar with the name Usain Bolt. Has anybody not heard of Usain Bolt? I'm sure Graham with his love for athletics could tell me all the stats on Usain Bolt. And if I get any of these wrong, Graham, um, then feel free to correct me. But he's a retired Jamaican sprinter. And he's the world record holder in the 100 metres, the 200 metres, the 4 by 100 relay. And, and he, he won gold in three consecutive Olympic Games. And he's been hailed by many as the, best, as the best sprinter in history. Would you agree with that assessment, Graham? Phew. <laughs> Would have been a bad example if Graham said, no, nah, this other guy was so much better. But he's considered by many to be the greatest sprinter of all time. 
Now, if you have any interest whatsoever in football, not the AFL variety or rugby, but in football, soccer, you might have heard something of Usain Bolt's... Um, he, he's had this long, long lifetime ambition to play soccer. And uh, he would love to play for one of the big clubs, but he was over here um, just recently for a number of months. And he had a tryout um, in, in a bunch of uh, pre-season friendlies with the Central Coast Mariners. Now, they call it the A-League, but the A-League is, is uh, maybe in Australia, it, it's a high level of competition, but, but internationally, it's not a very high level of competition. And he's trying out. This is the, he's the guy who's the best runner ever. He's trying out in the A-League. And he played a couple of games. He scored a couple of goals. I actually watched the goals that he scored and they were, they were easy goals. I reckon I would have even got those goals. Uh, and I'm a rubbish soccer player. I used to play uh, in defence. But I reckon I would have got those goals. Um, you didn't need to be Usain Bolt to kick those goals. And, and I was surprised to read. He, he is a guy who's a world-class athlete. And after playing a couple of pre-season friendlies for the Central Coast Mariners, who incidentally finished bottom of the table in the A-League, uh, last year. Uh, after those first couple of games, I read about Usain Bolt and he said he struggled to keep up with, with the game, to, to, uh, to run that distance over, over that period of time. I was actually surprised to hear that. I mean, he's now retired, but he's still a world-class athlete in his own right. Bolt spent his entire life training to be a certain type of athlete, an explosive, incredibly powerful sprinter, he was pretty slow out the blocks, blocks, I think, compared to some runners. But once he got going, man, there was, there was, there was uh, nothing stopping that guy so incredibly fast. But he's not an endurance runner and he's certainly not a soccer player. We need to make sure that we're training for the right type of race, that we're running the right type of race. This is a race that requires endurance. This is not a 100-yard dash. This is, this is a, a marathon, an endurance race. We need to make sure that we're training for the right race. It's so easy for us to expend so much time, so much energy in the wrong kind of race, in the busyness of life and in, in, in just daily routine, building our own castles and just getting caught up with the stuff of this world rather than running and training for the race that's spoken about here in Hebrews. The race that we read about here in Hebrews requires us to expend time and energy and effort in this particular race, in the race of faith, in the race that's going to grow our faith and trust in Jesus. It's a race that we need to be invested in. The third thing that we must do as a participant in this race is in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the pioneer. He's the pioneer of our faith because he ran the race first. He ran the race first with unqualified obedience to the will of God. We read in verse 3 that when Jesus ran his race, he endured opposition. He embraced the most painful and humiliating death on a Roman cross. He was committed to walking. He was committed to walking a path of obedience and suffering so that he could finish the race that had been mapped out for him well. And he now helps us in our races here today. So we can draw hope, we can draw courage, we can draw strength from him because he's the one who has been our pioneer and because he's the one who, who helps to bring 
our faith to perfection. The writer encourages us in verse 3 not to grow weary and not to lose heart. Because as you know, if a runner, if a runner grows weary, if a runner loses heart during the course of a race, it's going to be really difficult to finish the race. It's going to be really hard to keep going and potentially to even finish the race. So the writer says in response to this, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Now, fixing our eyes on Jesus, it requires us to take our eyes off everything else around us. It requires us to actively look away from everything else, from all of the bright lights around us and to focus on Jesus alone. And it's something that we need to do continually. Focusing on Jesus, we need to do continually. We need to continually take our focus off all of the stuff around us that would seek to take our attention and focus on him. Now, life's filled with so many different distractions and they come at us daily. It requires perseverance on our part to continue leaning in and focusing on him alone. The predominant message that most of us get and this is why it makes it really hard to stay focused on Jesus, is that I'm the most important person in the world. I'm the most important things in, person in the world and everything revolves around me and around my little life. I was reminded of this recently. I walked through, through uh, Maya. I don't know if you've seen at their advertising slogan over recent uh, years. Maya is... Maya is... Come on, say it with confidence. My store. Maya is my store. And um, I was walking through Maya's in Carousel recently, checking out the new shopping centre, and they had these massive big um, banners up everywhere. And there's an increased focus on this word my. So instead of Maya is my store, it's like my. And it had things like um, my story, my life, my lifestyle, my happiness. Can you see a problem with this? This is a problem. The underlying message is it's all about me. And if I purchase the right clothes at the right shop or if I purchase the right kitchenware at the right shop, if I buy the right technology at the right shop, it's going to result in me being happy. It's going to result in me having a good life. It's going to result in me being at the, at the pinnacle of everything. And, and that's a problem. And we can have a life absolutely where we focus on me, where we focus on my. We can have a life that's actually so much bigger even though we have this one focal point in Jesus, it actually results in a much bigger picture. It results in a much bigger story. Results, results in us taking, taking part in his story. And his story involves this great cloud of witnesses, all of these people that have gone before us on this faith journey. It involves all of you guys, the church universal. We get to be a part of this big story of redemption of Jesus setting everything right in the world. That's a far more compelling, far more incredible story than my happiness, my lifestyle, my, my, my. And we're able to do that because Jesus was the pioneer, because Jesus was our pioneer, because he finished the race that was set before him. Now, this race is also very different to any other race that, any of you have probably run in because in this particular race that we're running, we're not focused on the finish line. We're not just focused on the finish line. This race tells us don't just focus on the finish line, focus on Jesus. Don't even focus on the finish line. 
in this race, our focus is to be on the one, on the one who is the pioneer, the one who is the perfecter of our faith. And from that, we can take encouragement. From that, we can take encouragement. I mentioned earlier, we can take encouragement from the heroes of faith that we read about in Scripture. We can take encouragement from one another's stories and hearing of how God's been at work in people's lives. And we can take encouragement from how God's been at work in our own lives. But Jesus is the only one that can ensure that any of us, that any of us can get across the finish line. He's the only one that can do it. Whilst we can take encouragement and be inspired and spurred on by all of those other things, he alone is the one that can get us across the finish line because he is the one who perfects our faith. He's the one who brings our faith to its ultimate completion. Having Jesus as our sole focal point in life, I think, captures and best sums up this entire book of Hebrews. He is, as somebody said, the something better that we've been talking about throughout this series. He's the pioneer. He's the starting point of our faith. And he's the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who brings it to completion. He's the one who helps us to complete our races. I was reading this story um, about Mount Everest, 8,848 metres high, nearly nine kilometres, temperatures In summer, average minus 19 degrees Celsius, minus 36 in winter. And at the summit, it's buffeted by winds of hurricane strength, up to 285 kilometre an hour winds. That's some insane wind. This is a brutal place. And nobody ever thought that this particular mountain would be conquered until on the 29th of May, Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay accomplished the impossible. They got to the peak of the mountain. And since that time, over 3,000 people have conquered this previously unconquerable mountain, have reached the peak. Hillary and Norgay blazed a trail that caused others to, to aspire to follow in their footsteps. And our faith journey is a little bit like that. Jesus was the pioneer, the one that made our journeys possible. Nobody had ever made it up until that point in time. And now Jesus has blazed this trail that each of us can follow in. Since Jesus blazed the trail, since he pioneered, many of us, many, many, many heroes of faith have finished the journey. He finished the race and so we too can finish the race. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, the one who pioneers, the one who perfects our faith, we can take hope because he's the one who blazed the trail for us. He made it so we can make it too. At this point, I just want to, I want you to turn your eyes to the screen. We're going to watch a video that goes for about 60 seconds. That Swansea Harrier probably won't know that Josh Griffiths has qualified for the World Championships. And look at him, he's saying, come on, it's there. You can do it. You can do it. Brilliant. This is so hard. I mean, this every single part of his body is shutting down on him. But what we're seeing also is the camaraderie and the spirit of the marathon. How many of these guys are on for their personal best? They want to break that time, but they're still running by to see if they can help him. Yeah, the camaraderie, which is what the London Marathon Paula said is all about. And Josh Griffith, the top uh, British man home, is a teammate, isn't he? He's a Swansea Harrier, and he'll be proud to see his fellow Swansea Harrier there sacrificing what could be a PB. Who knows, as uh, the guys said, to get this Chawton Harriers, this Chawton Runners 
over the line. And James, I know you've just run your own fantastic race, but when you see that, that kind of sums up, doesn't it, what this is all about? Yeah, it sums up and also the selfless nature of, of other runners. I saw a couple of people in real trouble and, and gave me a pat on the bum when I ran past and, and said keep going rather than stop and, and carry them over. So I'm feeling slightly guilty and selfish having uh, watched other people give up their race to help someone who's just emptied their tanks totally. I just noticed on the bottom right-hand corner, hashtag be inspired, be inspired. Imagine you're that person who's kind of struggling along, stumbling along in the race. And I, f I think all of us experience moments in life where, where it feels a little bit like that. Your legs are feeling like jelly. There's nothing left in the tank. And uh, you've got nothing left to give. Life feels like that for all of us at times. I want you to imagine that Jesus is the one that comes up alongside you. Jesus is the one that comes up alongside you and, and, and he puts his arm around you, puts, he puts your arm around him and he's taking, the, he's taking the weight of your body at that point in time. He's the one that's helping you to keep going. He's the one who's actually filling your tank for you. He's the one who helps you to perfect your faith. He's the one who helps you to get to the finishing, finishing line. What an, awesome, what an awesome encouragement that is. We can look at different stories and be inspired, but, but the one who brings our faith to perfection, the one who fills our tanks, the one who energises us, he actually comes and he runs alongside us. And the thing that doesn't come across in that is, is that he's actually running alongside each one of us. Not just when we get to the point where the legs are like jelly and there's nothing left in the tank. He's there with us, running alongside us for the entirety of the race. He's actually run this race. He's finished the race. He knows what it takes to, for us to finish our race. One of the things that Hebrews tells us about it is that he was a high priest, but, but he was also a man. He knows what it is to experience being a person. And, and, and so he knows what it is, what it takes to finish this race. So having him as the one who pioneered and perfected our faith running alongside of us gives incredible encouragement. There's also a sense in that video in which we get to come alongside one another. This is not a race that any of us runs in isolation. We run this race in community. Where there's a lot of runners in that race. There's lots of heroes of faith all, all trudging the path at the same time. You are running alongside those people that you're sitting alongside at the moment. There's a sense in which we get to come alongside one another and to help and to encourage and to spur one another on. One another on. How are we going to get through this race? By fixing our eyes on Jesus. By keeping our eyes fixed on the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In closing, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged by the heroes of faith by those incredible stories that we read throughout Scripture. Be encouraged by one another. Seek out this kind of conversation that we saw here this morning and be inspired. Find some moments in your own life to hang on to, things that will inspire you to continue with your faith journey. And throw off that stuff. Allow the Holy Spirit to put his finger on some stuff in your life that you need to throw off in your life? What, what does your robe look like? Throw that stuff off so you can run freely, so you can be unencumbered as you run your race rather than being tangled up and discouraged. And run your race with perseverance. Run your race with perseverance, not because you've got a full tank and lots of capacity, but because Jesus is your pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. 
I just would like to, at this point, pray for you guys. This is the last time I'm here. I just want to pray a blessing on you guys. Can I just ask you all to stand? I just want to, as we close this series, didn't plan to do this, but I just want to pray a blessing on you as I go. Father God, I thank you for the heroes of faith who are gathered in this place. At times, we often don't feel like heroes of faith. We're kind of struggling a little bit like the runner in that video. Lord, I pray for those who who are feeling a little bit like that at the moment, that they would feel you come alongside them even now and put your arm around them. Take the weight of their load from their tired body and carry them. Lord, I pray that as people go into the course of this week, that their tanks would be full. Lord, that you would help us to keep going, help us to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the life of this church. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of each individual here. I thank you for the many heroes of faith and for the inspiration that each one is to those around. Lord, I pray that as we, as we approach Christmas, as we start to think about Jesus, that that would draw our eyes, that that would draw our eyes to the one who pioneers our faith, to the one who brings to perfection, to completion, our faith. Lord Jesus, I pray for each person here this morning that you would help them to refocus on you, to get a new picture of what it means to run a race with Jesus alongside. Lord, I pray that this this coming season would be a season of blessing for each person here. Lord, I pray that your hand of blessing would rest on each person and would rest upon this church. I pray, Lord, for hope. I pray for peace. I pray for joy. And I pray for a reinvigoration and an experience anew of your love. Amen.